Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Oh, more Halloween-themed bump music. You can't go wrong with that one. Darren, would you have known who sings this song? I Want Candy is about as obvious as it gets. Some of your other bump music, you got to think a little to put together the dots. How does that exactly go with Halloween? <laughs> I try not to be too obvious. I'm in favor of ACDC's Highway to Hell. High energy, great song. Perfect for bump music because it's huge guitar chords right out of the gate. But not everybody associates Halloween with hellish type things. I Want Candy is about as direct as it gets. Would this be kind of close to a one-hit wonder or yeah, somebody that you I think know it better? Would, I think this could be categorized as a one-hit wonder. Bow Wow Wow. Two wows. Unrelated to Not Bow Not to be wow. confused to, with Bow Wow, the hip-hop artist. David in Wilmington wants to have fun with sports and Halloween. I did promise one thing. I kid you not, since it's Halloween, this came up, and it is a sports show. Dave Doran in 10 minutes. Dave Clawson of Wake Forest in 25 minutes. They play each other on Saturday in Winston-Salem. Wolfpack at Demon Deacon style. The Baby Ruth candy bar. Sometimes we think that only in 2019 are people greedy or overly capitalistic or over, overly litigious, to steal a word from my legal friends. When they created a company called Curtis Candy Company, when they created the Baby Ruth bar, which best I know still pops up in kids' baskets on Halloween, oh, yeah. correct? Yeah, I mean, you still don't prevalent. See, you don't see it as much as Twix and Snickers and a bunch of other things. But it's still somewhere in the top dozen, maybe? Baby Ruth? All right, Baby Ruth was created in 1921. They didn't want to have to pay the incredibly popular already future baseball home run king, Babe Ruth, of the New York Yankees royalties. So do you know what they claimed? Just good old-fashioned, live in the gray area, try to avoid a lawsuit, greed. I don't want to share my candy bar money with Babe Ruth, so let's pretend we named it for somebody else. They actually claimed the Curtis Candy Company. Later, Babe Ruth did sign on. So in later renditions of the Baby Ruth, it became transparent. Of course it's named after Babe Ruth. Yes, he's going to get some royalties. And then you move forward. At some point, it was even like the, the official candy bar of Major League Baseball. And Babe Ruth's estate was getting its cut of Baby Ruth candy bar sales. Do you know what they claimed in 1921? Do you even Are you one of those people who knows all U.S. presidents, Darren? Would you even know that Grover Cleveland was a United States yeah, president? Yeah, I would know the name. I'm, I'm tough on the chronology. I, I would not have been able to say when he was president necessarily. Quick sports-related side note, Grover Cleveland Alexander was actually a way back when outstanding baseball pitcher. <laughs> yeah. Unrelated, all right? Grover Cleveland, United States president. When he was the president, and think about this, you don't have U.S. presidents having babies near when they're in office or while they're in office very often. That doesn't happen. Usually you're an older person. Your kids would be more grown up, right? Well, Gl Grover Cleveland, the United States president from, what would that be, like late 1800s, I think? I'll double-check that. Anyway, they had a baby named Ruth. What did all the American newspapers say when Grover Cleveland and his wife had baby Ruth? They called her Baby Ruth. So the Curtis Candy Company 
by 19, the 1920s when Babe Ruth baseball players at the peak of his fame, and they come out with this candy bar again. Baby Ruth was born in the 1800s. By the time the candy bar company was asked, uh, you know, this is really about the baseball player, right? They said no. If my favorite part was Grover Cleveland had not been the president of the United States for 24 years, and baby Ruth, his child, sadly, had been dead for 17 years. And yet they're still, oh yeah, baby, baby Ruth was in the headlines in the 1800s when she was the child of the United States president and a newborn at that. That's when baby Ruth was in the headlines. So they actually had the gall. Does this pass the smell test? Like if you were the judge in this case, uh, no, your honor, this has nothing to do with the famous baseball player, Babe Ruth. We're really honoring baby Ruth. Oh, yeah, because baby Ruth is in the American vernacular so much 17 years after her death and two decades after her dad was president. That doesn't pass the vomit test, much less the smell test. Might get you kicked right out of the courtroom. Nevertheless, they stuck to that argument. There were all sorts of legal proceedings. Later, Babe Ruth and his estate got their slice of the pie, chunk of the bar, if you will, they got it eventually, but not until after the shenanigans were over with. David in Wilmington wants to play sports in Halloween. Would you like a uh, Jeopardy-style question? Well, I was just uh, wanting to comment perhaps on the, uh, the galloping ghost, if that's uh, one of your categories. Oh, you I knew that say, one, right? I wanted to say what a fun day you're having today. It doesn't get much better than celebrating the World Series and Halloween and sports together. So. Uh, I can tell you guys are having as much fun as your audience. You, we squeezed in a Bones McKinney today, a Red Grange Galloping Ghost. Uh, my Spider Webbs category I was very proud of because I got Webb Simpson and Spud Webb in there, plus two different athletes nicknamed Spider-Man. Uh, are you more of a golf guy or a college football guy, David, in Wilmington? Oh, I'd say a college football guy. I, I did not know that you'd already mentioned the Galloping Ghost, but uh, – Sure, I'm, I'm up for uh, Okay, if I said that there was a football coach known as an offensive guru, now, he is not ceremonially, ceremonially preserved by removal of the internal organs and treatment with rosin while wrapped in bandages, the way his last name might suggest he is. But this former football coach led the Kentucky Wildcats to big seasons offensively during his time in the SEC. Also a head coach at Valdosta State and New Mexico State. First name Hal. Can you name that Halloween-style football coach? Wow, that, that's a tough one for me. I I, um, I have to think you're talking about somebody that's been mummified. That is correct. <laughs> Hal Mummy is the correct answer to the Halloween question. Do you all remember Hal Mummy? Come on, he was an offensive guru in like the 80s and 90s. I think he's still coaching. Doesn't Bob Stoops, isn't Bob Stoops a head coach in the new XFL? Yeah, yeah. Right? He's Our recent be a coach guest, Bob in Stoops. The new XFL. I swear I think Hal Mummy is like his offensive coordinator in that league. Do you know the name Hal Mummy? I know the name. Yeah, yeah. Tell me I didn't get up early today <laughs> and come up with a how mummy question. If David, and thank you for being in the spirit of Halloween, David, had he said golf, 
I was going to go with this, Darren. Oh, I, I, I think I have a hunch Oh, here. yeah, this one might be a little bit easier. He played collegiately. No, oh, I can't remember now. I, I can't I can't find there, you it. have multiple options we talked about Webb Simpson clearly I have a future as There's a Billy Jeopardy Casper. a Jeopardy answer writer oh Billy Casper would have been a good one yeah I was going with boo weekly oh okay a little yep. boo weekly. Yeah, a lot of options in golf yeah a lot of options uh some of it ended up on the cutting room floor that happens with even some of the best movies uh, on the other side Dave Dorn of NC State will find out what his family gives away trick-or-treat style on Halloween we may ask you know some football questions since he has a first-time starter at quarterback in the redshirt freshman Devin Leary we'll get the other side of the Wolfpack Demon Deacons equation when Wake coach Dave Clawson drops by in about 20 minutes back-to-back -back Dave's with me next on the David Glenn show Ruffin McNeil, welcome back. I know we'll always be a huge part of you and your family. You know, this will be my last coaching stop after this. Yeah, maybe join you on a radio show or Amen. do some of that. Yeah. We'll, but, be, we'll uh, be doing some remote shows from your boat in the middle of the Caribbean somewhere <laughs> if I have my way. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Dave Clawson of Wake Forest drops by live in about 15 minutes. Dave Doran, his opponent this Saturday in Winston-Salem, is joining us now. It's actually an exciting time for Wolfpack Athletics in the more general sense. Pack at Wake Saturday afternoon, the ESPN game. Trey Turner, former Wolfpack baseball star, just helped the Nationals win the World Series. Ryan Finley, Coach Doran's former QB, just named starting quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals in the NFL. Uh, Coach Doran, I know that's a little further off your radar because you have a game to win, but can you tell us, uh, did you or your coaches or players, you know, follow the Trey Turner story as someone carrying your school's flag just earned a World Series ring? Absolutely. No, super excited for Trey and, and uh you know, rough following the guys from all the programs here, all the athletes and big fan of Coach Avent and what he's done over there. So, you know, we're super proud of Trey and it was really fun to see him dancing around in a celebration with our helmet on. Shows a lot of pride for his school. The quarterbacks bouncing around your head, I would imagine, include your guy, Devin Leary, and maybe even wondering who Wake is going to start because of their injury issues. But what about that Ryan Finley news? I mean, it's great that he's representing and carrying your flag in the NFL at all, as you guys have now, what, four of the 32 starting quarterbacks, and two of those four, of course, played for you in particular. What, what does that mean to your brand? Yeah, I think it says a lot. Not only, you know, can we have a system that produces guys that make it to the league, but that they're also game ready to play well. And Jacoby's obviously doing a tremendous job for the Colts right now. And I know Ryan had a good preseason when he was given his opportunity, and uh, I'm sure he's handled his business the way that we would expect him to, or he wouldn't have this opportunity. So really excited for him, and I uh, know that he'll do everything he can to help them. In a head coach's world, I know you have some younger children. When Halloween rolls around, does it hit your world? Like, do you have time to either hand out candy or help the kids find costumes? Or is that, you know, mostly the duty of others? Uh, it just depends on where we're at in the season. Uh, with it being Thursday night this week, we'll be able to be home. And, you know, all my coaches will be able to take their children trick-or-treating. Oh, cool. And a lot of the players, I think, are going to be hanging out with them. So, it's a fun night, you know. We definitely celebrate everything we can and when we can and uh, be handing out candy at the doors to the children that show up. 
If the internet was alive back when you were a kid, what would be either an unforgettable costume you wore or maybe even one that you would want to forget? <laughs> you know, I was asked that earlier. I don't really have one that comes to mind. Uh, we, in my neighborhood, it was full of kids, and we would all just get together and go out, you know, and walk the streets together and have a good time and have a lot of fun, you know. And that was my childhood memories, just being with my close friends that are still close friends of mine now and all the fun things we did. Um, I'm glad there wasn't social media back yeah, then. No a kidding. lot of us probably would be in trouble, but we had a good, you know, safe time and had a lot of fun. As someone who has a photo of me dressed as Siegfried and Roy floating around the Internet right now, Coach, I know exactly how you feel. You were the smarter one <laughs> to keep those photos away from uh, yeah. the Internet. Uh, at quarterback, this is a big change for you. Devin Leary has played, but the redshirt freshman gets his first start after Matthew McKay and Bailey Hockman had started for you earlier this year. Uh, what was the main reason for you giving him all those first-team reps last week during your open week and then uh, just giving him the nod against the Demon Deacons? Uh, you know, Devin's uh, got tremendous arm strength. He's worked really hard, uh, as have Bailey and uh, Matthew. And um, just felt like, you know, from what we've seen, his improvement throughout the season, the way he's come into games and thrown the football and led us to three drives for touchdowns. All three throws were fourth down, clutch throws. But it was his opportunity that he's earned and excited for him. He's had a good couple weeks here of practice, and, He's preparing the right way, so we're all excited for Devin and look forward to seeing him. As you know, you live, even more than any of us, in that Monday morning quarterback world. We get the question from Wolfpack fans a lot. What did Coach Doran and his offensive staff not see from Devin Leary in August uh, that they didn't pull the trigger on this decision then? Because, you know, fans, they claim that they saw this all along, of course. Sure. Well, you can see his arm strength, you know, and we saw that last year when he got on campus. You know, there's a lot of other things that go into running the offense than just throwing the football. And, I mean, there was lots of statistical analysis that went into our training camp and fall camp and completion rate, throwing interceptions, you know, not necessarily handling uh, the checks or the run game things correctly. And he just needed reps, you know. I think people forget he's a redshirt freshman and, he was on the scout team last year. Uh, he needed reps, and he needed to be able to manage all the other things that go into that position. The biggest one's just decision-making and managing the offense. And, you know, we came in with all those guys after fall camp and told them where they were, what they needed to improve on, and to Devin's credit, he did those things. And I think putting a guy out there that can just throw that isn't ready isn't good for that kid either. I mean, you see a lot of quarterbacks go in when they're not ready and just get destroyed. And, uh that's the one thing about Devin. I mean, he's ready now, and had he been ready then, then it would have been a different conversation. But, you know, the things that we process and go through as coaches are obviously not privy to the public, and we make those choices based on the information we have when we have it. Dave Dorn is with us. He's in year seven as the head coach of the NC State Wolfpack. You can follow Coach on Twitter at State Coach D. Pack at Wake, noon Saturday. It's the ESPN game in that time slot. He's taken the pack to five straight bowl games, including back-to-back nine-win seasons in Raleigh. Dave Clawson's going to join us pretty much as soon as you hang up today. Uh, he said earlier this week, hey, if Jamie Newman, his starting quarterback, can't, can go, he will go. If Jamie can't go because of his recent injury issues, then it'll be Sam Hartman. Uh, by Thursday afternoon, I mean, does it even matter? I mean, how do you factor that into your approach yeah. to Wake's offense? Well, we have to prepare for both, and, and they run the same offense regardless who's in there. It's just Jamie's 
uh, and a lot more designed runs, I guess you'd say. Yeah. They both throw the ball well, and they both manage their system well, and they have good players around them. So we have to be prepared for both guys, and obviously we're not going to know until we get on the field. Obviously, you're in the same division as Clemson. So whereas Virginia and North Carolina and Virginia Tech and Pitt and even others still believe they can get to Charlotte for the ACC title game, it's just complicated for the Atlantic Division teams. How do you frame your goals when Clemson is 6-0 and again, 8-0 and overall, and you have a good record and a good team, but you, ha- you, you can't really calibrate your bigger picture goals the same way? Yeah, well, I mean, our goal right now is just to be the best version of us. We've got five games in one month. We've got a lot to play for. There's a lot of things that are out there. And with all the things we've been through this season from, um, you know, the injuries that have hit our roster, uh, we can't get into long-term things. And we just need to be better than we were the day before and take that approach and see where we end up because we're playing more freshmen than anybody in the country right now. And and getting those guys to be better football players, getting them to be better than they were in our last performance, getting us not to beat us and give ourselves a chance to grow this roster and improve is the most important thing and playing our brand of football. And we've done that at times and we haven't done that at times and we just need to be a consistent, better version of ourselves every day. David Cutcliffe of Duke has told us there was one season not long ago where he missed more player games than any other year at Duke. Larry Fedora, formerly of UNC, uh, you know, gave us a numerical version of that story as well. Is this the, the hardest of your seven years in Raleigh along those lines? I mean, is that an objective number you can point to, you know, starter game missed or something like that? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get into all the numbers, but it's – we haven't had the same lineup, you know, in a single game on offense, and so it's it's a challenge. I mean, you, you build by having continuity and players playing next to the players that they were with the week before and learning from, you know, the things that happened and, and having the chemistry, and we haven't had that. So, you know, it's been a challenge. It's been an opportunity, and we're not going to use it as an excuse. It's just the reality of what we're dealing with right now, and uh, our guys are fired up about playing. The guys that are in there, we're working hard to make them better, and that's all we can control. As we let you go, and thank you for your time, if this was an in-person visit instead of by phone and we got to, like, drop a candy bar into your bucket, even if you didn't have a costume, like, what's, what's the Dave Doran go-to Halloween trick-or-treat request? <laughs> like, you going Snickers? Uh, you go going? The, yeah, I'll go with the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty story. strong. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Thanks, Coach. Good luck against the Deeks on Saturday. All right, thanks for having me, guys. Go Pack. You got it. Dave Clawson of Wake Forest is going to join us on the other side. I got to look up. Remember the whole Baby Ruth, Babe Ruth controversy? Wasn't the O. Henry candy bar, since this is a sports radio show, Darren, did you know that? Uh, Wasn't the O. Henry candy bar a tribute to Hank Aaron? So Baby Ruth, Babe Ruth, although there was that controversy and they were playing dumb. Oh, no, this isn't about baby Ruth. It's about a president's daughter who died 20 years ago. Yeah, sure it is. Oh, Henry for Henry Aaron, I believe. Don't tell. There's no way like Pee Wee Reese was behind Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, right? <laughs> no. That would be too much for a sports <laughs> no. radio Halloween show. No, I'm pretty sure I'm just putting those dots together myself. Uh, true or false, speaking of Halloween sports crossovers, if I said to you, that I could drop into your Halloween bucket sugar pova candy, and I told you that that was in conjunction with the lovely and talented tennis player Maria Sharapova. 
and we were on like a game show. You know, some of them, you just find a guy who's full of it, who's, a really, who's really good at BSing, and then he just sounds so convincing where he tells you the story. And at the end, you have to say, you know, you got to hit a button and say, well, that's real or that's not, you know, he just okay. made, he made yeah. that up. So if I said, you know, I could drop a baby Ruth bar into your bucket, I could drop an O Henry, and I'll look up during the break whether that's really a Hank Aaron thing. If I told you but that you did well with the Pee Wee Reese thing too, that, that I sounded convincing. Yeah, I have that, no that idea could've, if that's it could have been more convincing. Yeah, I, I don't think it is true. It just sounded no. fun since last night was Game Seven of the World Series. Would you say that I made up Sugar Pova, given that you know that I am just a fan of the female form in the sports world and otherwise, and a gratuitous reason to bring up the lovely and talented Maria Sharapova might be in my DNA? Or would you think that that is an actual candy that I am not making up out of whole cloth right now just in honor of Halloween? Well, I haven't heard of Sugar Pova, the candy. So yeah, I, I got you. I, so got I don't know. I, I don't even know that it exists. It's real. It's real. It could not. I, it could not have been real. And and it's, it's real. I, I, I kid you either. not. Baby Ruth has connections to Babe Ruth, and Sugar Pova is a real thing, and it's part of Maria Sharapova's like way beyond tennis of international course. empire. Like she's she makes more money beyond the sport than in it by a lot. It is real. Sugar Pova. I don't think the kids are coming knocking on your door yearning for you to drop a Sugar Pova, whatever that is, into their bucket. But it does. It is real, as they might say on Seinfeld. It is real and it is spectacular. But that would apply more to Maria than to than the Sugar Pova. One eight hundred eight four nine two seven six one. Dave Clawson of Wake Forest. Next on the David Glenn Show. Davos Sweeney, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Yeah, How man. are you, man? Good to see you. It's great to How see you. you. I saw that you took your family to Italy. It was unbelievable to go to Rome and to stand at the Colosseum that was built in 80, 80. <laughs> Eight zero. The original Death Valley, you know, literally. This is the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Our next guest has Wake Forest poised perhaps for one of the best seasons in school history. There's a long way to go. He'd be the first to remind us of that. But the Demon Deacons are 6-1. and one. They have spent a lot of time in the national top 25, and they get to host the team represented by the guest who just hung up, Dave Dorn of NC State in the books, Dave Clawson of Wake Forest on the way. Happy Halloween, Coach. Did you automatically put together that the bump music, little psycho killer by your band, Talking Heads, is the closest we could find to a Halloween-related theme? I appreciate it. That uh, The music of the Talking Heads always puts me in a good mood. Matter of fact, I was listening to it this week while watching film. So. Well, when you are trying to beat the Wolfpack in a football game on Saturday, is there time in your day? Dave Clawson says his assistant coaches will be taking their kids trick-or-treating. Does it work that way at Wake Forest as well? Um, yeah, we've always tried to figure out a way to do that. It works out well uh, this year because it's on a Thursday, and uh, our coaches, usually Thursday's the the night that we get out a little bit earlier, and coaches can take kids out, and I don't know if the weather's going to allow that. Um, but uh, and, and my kids are at an age that they don't do it anymore. But um, we have a bunch of coaches on the staff that have kids that are of that age. And those are special times. You don't want to miss that. Last thing on Halloween. Do you have a most unforgettable or maybe most forgettable Halloween costume, either from your youth or maybe you and your wife in more recent years that you would share with us? 
Well, usually uh, Thanksgiving now, uh, since I've been married, is during the season. So it's, uh, you know, it's been hard to, to get dressed up. But as a kid, I used to uh, kind of go out as a, a mountain man. And I'd get this beard and hat and bundle up. And it was competitive trick-or-treating. So, you know, I'd get out early. I'd have this whole big sack. Mm. And my goal was to yeah. fill it up. And I was very strategic. I would go far away and work back. And then I would go close. And it would just be mounds and mounds of candy. So, um, you know, it was always competitive, and uh, maybe that's why I became a coach. Why does it not surprise me that young Dave Clawson was competitive and wanted to make sure he had the biggest bag of candy? Was there was that a sign of things to come for you, Coach, do you think? Yeah, I, I once uh, – my uh, you know, you have the homerooms and teacher's night that they meet with your parents, and I remember <laughs> – it was like fourth or fifth grade, and they said that uh, they had a problem with me that I was I was too competitive. <laughs> uh, so that's um, you know maybe that is a sign of why I got on the coaching, but. Uh, you know, I probably at an earlier age should have toned it down a little bit. For those who don't know, Coach Clawson and I were born within 24 hours of each other in the same year. So we are essentially, you know, brothers from another mother. Every time I talk with you, something I find something else that we have in common. I have to ask you this. Was there a time in your life that you channeled that uber competitiveness that I got in trouble for myself as a young athlete and otherwise that you found a healthier way to channel it because obviously you did at some point along the road. You've now taken the Deeks to three straight bowl wins, among other things. There's a right way and a wrong way. How young were you when you kind of figured it out? Um, I, I haven't hit. I haven't hit. Yet, so <laughs> oh, you're still in the band. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know when I get there. <laughs> that is that's the perfect answer to the question. Of course, Dave Clawson. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Clawson. His Deeks hosting NC State in the noon game Saturday on ESPN. Uh, we asked Dave Doran about preparing for your quarterbacks. He said you have to at least have an idea for Jamie Newman and for Sam Hartman. What's the best way to paint that picture? Do you know many any more? on a Thursday afternoon than you did uh, at your press conference earlier this week? And if you did, would you have to, like, shoot us if you told us? Um, I mean, I, like I said in the press conference, I mean, if Jamie can go, he'll go. And, uh, you know, we've we've mixed them both in this week in practice, and both of them are prepared. And um, if Jamie can go, he'll play. And if not, we have a, another really good option in Sam Hartman. You have a quarterback roulette issue to deal with of your own as a defensive staff. It has been Matthew McKay for a bunch of games and then Bailey Hockman for a couple games as the Wolfpack's starting quarterback. I know Devin Leary, the redshirt freshman, has played some, but there can't be an enormous amount of film on him uh, coming off the bench. He does get the start in your building Saturday afternoon. Uh, what have you seen so far? How does that impact how you approach this game? Well, a lot of his playing time earlier in the year were, were kind of late in games uh, that the, the score was, uh, you know, kind of uh, it wasn't normal playing time. It was kind of mop up time. But he went in fairly early against B.C. and played over half the game and looked really good. Uh, he's got a, a very strong arm. Um, I think he reads coverage as well. Uh, he can put the ball in tight places. And you can tell that he was playing with a lot of confidence. So. Um, you know, based on what he did in the BC game and the way he moved the team, um, I'm sure that was the reason he got the start. And they've had two weeks now to get him ready. So I'm sure we're going to get the best version of him uh, that's out there. But his, his film and his work against BC 
he he did a lot of good things and I you know after we watched that game we we kind of predicted that he would be the starter. You're 6 and 1, your only loss was that close one to Louisville. Uh I know you have tunnel vision on NC State. Do you guys talk about the possibility of one of the biggest win totals in the history of Wake Forest football because the Deeks have only gotten to 10 or more wins one time and at least at 6 and 1, long way to go. But uh, you're certainly positioned for the possibility of something special. No, we don't. I mean, we, we talk about those things in preseason. Um, you know, our, our first meeting, we go through our team goals and then quickly reel it back in and say the only way that any of these long-term big-picture goals happen is if we take care of the short-term. And, and the short-term isn't always the next week, but it's the next day, the next practice, the next walkthrough, the next meeting. Um, that our league is so competitive, um, and you know, four of our wins this year and our two ACC wins are really in the last, you know, 30 seconds or last minute of the game, and and that certainly was the case at Florida State. Certainly was the case in our win over BC, and even though it doesn't count as an ACC win, uh, our win over Carolina. That those were 60-minute, four-quarter games, and our games with NC State the last two years have gone down to the last play. So we expect no different. When you're in games like this, there's a very small margin for error. Uh, we tell our players that it's a game of inches, and anything they can do uh, to find that inch, uh, whether it's studying the split of a receiver or uh, a back line on a kickoff of where the return may be going, all those things in one-score games makes a big difference. Were you or are you a Seinfeld TV fan? And if yes, have you ever said to your quarterback, Jamie Newman, hello, Newman? I have never done that. Um, but remember, yes, do you remember I that? Seinfeld, I, I, yes, I, I was a Seinfeld fan. In college, there'd be a bunch of us, and that was the, uh, the pre-dinner routine every night. The go-to line, right? Hello, Newman. Yeah, the problem here is Jamie would have no idea what you're talking Jamie about. Jamie would have no idea. He'd look at me like with three eyes and say, why are you saying my name that way? So, um, <laughs> you know, there's now in recruiting, there's a, a recruit that we have that is a huge Seinfeld and a huge Kramer fan. Cool. And so, yeah, that was, you know, probably the major reason why we decided to recruit him. Uh, so I can have somebody that I can make Seinfeld lines with that will finally laugh at him after 20 years. That's hilarious. Hey, as we let you go, you, you've been around this game for a long time. When I've watched you play, and, and thank you for the photo before your win over Florida State, keeping our big tailgate tour winning streak going, uh, I, I, I think of you sometimes as this offensive juggernaut and we see you beat Utah State in a shootout, 38-35. The Louisville game was just like a pinball machine. It was crazy. And yet, other times we've watched you, you know, you grind out 24-18 over Carolina. You grind out 22-20 over Florida State. It's almost like, you know, a multiple personality thing. Do you just say, well, that's football? Or, or is, like, is there a way to explain that kind of thing? No, I, when this season started, one of the reasons I was optimistic about this season, and I, I think I said this when we met down at ACC Media Day, is I, I felt this is the first team that we've had here that was capable of winning both of those types of games. Hmm. Yeah, I think you know, I we spent that. We spent the first three years that the only games we could win were the 17-14 variety. And, you know, we certainly made for some good theater with, you know, three to nothing games and six to three games that people still like to talk about. And then that kind of flipped in 17 and 18 that all the games we won were felt like 55-52 shootouts. Um, 
and this year I, I really went into the year believing that this team was capable of winning both of those types of games. You know, and, and maybe not, you know, we don't three nothing or six to three, but not every game would have to be thirty seven, thirty four or fifty two to forty nine. Um and certainly two of our biggest wins with Florida State and North Carolina, I mean, we don't win those games if our defense doesn't play the way that it does. So I, I like that about our team that I think we can win both types of games. Now it would be great if one of these games our offense would score a lot of points and our defense would you know, it just seems to be the flow of the game that we do what we need to do. Um, you know, but, uh, again, I, I think I said that to you in August, or at least I said that yeah. to local media. Yeah, you did. We're one of those who actually listens to your answers, Coach. I know not everybody in the media does that. We love well, you, that, you, you that would be a line of one, so thanks for being <laughs> in that line. Hey, last thing for you. Dave Doran, we just goofed around and said, hey, Coach, if you were here in person rather than by phone – and you were kind of trick-or-treating, and we just gave you a whole menu of options. What would you pick to put into your trick-or-treating bucket? I think Coach Doran took a Reese's peanut butter cup. What if we gave you that? You don't, you're a healthy guy. I don't picture you eating a lot of Halloween candy. but Mallow, if, mallow cups. Mallow cup. I love mallow cups. I'm not even sure I know what that is. What's a mallow cup? Oh, how can how can is, you is this our first divide in the, in the in the late sixties and not know a mallow cup? Is, oh my goodness! Is this You're our first it. divide after all of our years of a professional this friendship? This is. I'm I'm really disappointed and, and shocked. Tell me, what is does, mallow cup? It, it looks like a Reese's peanut butter cup, but it's filled with um, marshmallow, a little bit of coconut in it. Um, I'm not sure if coconut. It's like it's very similar to a Reese's cup, but it just has a, a certain texture and. Uh, Stan Cotton, every year at the radio show during Halloween, he brings me a four-pack of Mallow Cups. Is there some coconut in there? I, I, I think there might be a little bit. Yeah. It's not like real heavy coconut. It's not like a Mounds or an Almond Joy. Yeah, I think I remember but, it now. A little marshmallow. They, they, are, they are outstanding. And, um, you know, they come in the little packages that they have, the, like, the little coins in them that if you collected, like, 200 points, you got a dollar. So you'd save those and mail them in, and, and you'd get a check for two bucks. Let me guess. Young Davy Clawson was the first on his block to connect all the dots and get the Mallow Cup prizes, right? There's no doubt. <laughs> well done, man. All right, I'm, I am having flashbacks to my childhood in Philadelphia. Okay, well, look, maybe the, look, maybe look the, Glen, the Glens just didn't have enough money to afford Mallow Cups. It was you well, highfalutin no, More Clawson. expensive. Well, what, what, what was your candy of choice? I think we were pretty I, – I disliked the sugar intense, like uh, the candy corn. I, I was more like the chocolate bar. So nowadays I might go with like a Twix. Back then it would have been more maybe a Snickers. Kind of boring picks, I well, know. Th those were those were much more expensive than Mallow Cups. Yeah. Don't don't pull the financial yeah. thing on. I was here. trying to pull that class ranking on you. All right. You no, know, yeah, that, that doesn't work. You, nah. you, you were going with upscale. These are very Old basic, salt of the earth. All right. Uh, that's how we view you, Coach. Uh, well, we're, still, we're still brothers from another mother. I apologize for that mistake today. We had a little, little divergence there, yeah. and, and uh, you know, kind of your commercial for a quick divorce there right before the break. Uh, <laughs> maybe a little foretelling of where this interview was going to go. I think our bond is strong enough to get through this turbulence, Coach Clausen. I'm listening to that thing. Oh, man, I hope my wife's not listening yeah, to right? this show. No, she's safe. You and Mrs. Clausen, keep, keep doing your thing. Thanks for the time, and good luck against the Wolfpack, man. You're always a lot of fun. 
Okay, thanks. You got it. On Twitter at Coach Clawson, he is the sixth-year head coach of the Deacons. Coach Doran, the seventh-year head coach of the Wolfpack. So these guys have been to this rodeo before. They are, of course, members of the same division, meaning they play each other every single year. Uh, so this will be their sixth head-to-head -head contest. Dave Doran of the Wolfpack against Dave Clawson of the Demon Deacons. On Twitter at Coach Clawson. On Twitter at State Coach D. I don't know how many people get Coach Clawson to talk about things besides football, but I, I love the football, and he's got a 6-1 and one team. It's, it's as fun to talk Wake football the last several years as it has been since Jim Grobe had things rolling a little bit more than a decade ago. It was a lot of fun to talk Wake football. They had, what was it, 20 win, 19 wins over a two-year period under Coach Grobe, including an ACC title. And then a lot of down years prior to that and, and a few down years since then. You could talk all football with Coach Clawson, but we got to tap into that diversity or that, uh, that renaissance man aspect of his personality. So he was born, Darren, a day before I. So... He's the old dude. I'm the younger guy, just for the record. And I, I, do you know Mallow Cups? Yeah. I, That's I, a, I mean, it's a, it's a. How did I miss it's this? It's not a wildly popular I've seen candy. It. Now but that he's described it, it's everywhere. It. And it's, and it's, he, he described it correctly. It's salt of the earth. It's basic, really. See, I mean, it's I think chocolate it's, and marshmallow. I'm really. not a marshmallow guy. Yeah. I, I can't I'm say I'm not a really pure sugar guy, and I'm not a marshmallow guy. So I'm okay with like an almond joy. I'm okay with the Snickers. Um, I don't know, like not, not even Milky Way and stuff. What else is popular nowadays? I do like. I'll go Dave Doran Reese's peanut butter cup. That's a pretty Reese's is that's the, a pretty that's, solid combination. That's, that's the chocolate peanut butter combo is un, unbeatable in my opinion. Is that on the Olympic podium? Yeah, for sure. I think Without it'll it'll get gold, silver, or bronze for me. I want to mix in a Twix bar at some point, and then I need something to represent the chocolate. Uh, the, the chocolate peanut nougat kind of category, maybe straight Snickers, maybe something uh, yeah, else. Yeah. If you're if you're going for three musketeers, with though, Milky, maybe not enough in the Milky Way three musketeers kind of family. There's only three spots on the podium, right? <laughs> I'll go trying to categorize. I'll go Twix, Reese's peanut butter cup, and Snickers. All three of those are old school, right? Yeah, I mean ah. to a degree. What is the best Halloween candy without chocolate being a part of it? I, uh, I, I'm i big on peanut and peanut butter. Payday is, is tops. No, but that chocolate's a, a part of that, though. No, not on payday. Payday is a strictly peanut butter with peanuts on it. It is? Yeah. See? It's been a while. Good, <laughs> good thing the lovely and talented Maria buys the, the, the Halloween candy for the Glenn household. Whew. Did I mention I practiced law for 17 years and I was a business owner for a long time and a lot of stuff went right by my radar? Apparently candy fits that description as well. Mallow cups. <laughs> Mallow cups. Mallow cups. I've always pronounced it Mallow because it's Mallow. Whatever. I'm new to I, don't, I don't know. De I'm Coach Clawson said Mallow, so I don't know. I follow your lead on these things, clearly. <laughs> Final thoughts, TV picks as we come down the stretch next. Throwback Justice League. You know, Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, Aquaman. If there was a combine event where you had to talk to marine life, Aquaman is your guy. Zay Jones is dominating the three-cone drill. Aquaman is dominating the talk-to-porpoises drill. This is the David Glenn Show. 
Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Now that is an excellent Halloween-themed bump music song. Well done, Lil Warren Zevon today. Unforgettable lyrics in this song. We do have to clear up some sports-related Halloween history, just to be clear here. If you get a Baby Ruth bar in your Halloween travels, maybe as the parent, maybe as the kid, the candy maker for a long time denied any connection to the legendary Yankee slugger, but eventually cooler heads prevailed and the Ruth estate did get some royalties. At one point, it was even the official candy bar of Major League Baseball. The O. Henry is definitely positively not related to baseball great Henry Aaron. How do we know that for sure? The O. Henry got that name in 1920, and Hank Aaron wasn't born until 1934. That's pretty convincing evidence there. As we come down the stretch on today's program, and I saw you laughing during the break, Darren Vaught. That upsets me greatly. And as we offer our sports TV picks, as we do every day here on this program, for the record, my three favorite candy bars. You guys laugh at me. You call me old school. In 2019, the three most popular, according to multiple polls, are Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, Snickers, and Twix. The established powers. Those My have been the favorites for a long time. So. are the people's gold, <laughs> silver, and bronze. Put that on my Glendavian platform when I run some clowns out of town in governmental office someday. Hey, Maria is texting me right now, actually, about the time that you were responsible for buying candy yeah. for trick-or-treaters. And you brought oh, home no, like... We're, al we're almost out of time. <laughs> I know. There. I'm so sorry. I can't tell that whole story. Long story short, she did need me. She, and she runs the household. I mean, God bless her. She does just about everything. So I just came home with, like, those monster. She like, says the ones that are meant for families like to split. Corporate-sized <laughs> candy bars. And she's like, hon, these are little kids. You're supposed to get a, those little baggies filled with the tiny things, and they can take a handful. I'm like, ah, let them chop it up at home. They'll be fine. <laughs> the, the, the candy bars were literally the size of some of those little kids' heads. Like, end-to-end, ear-to-end. To ear was about about the same tv picks tonight good luck to the mountaineers in boone against georgia southern west virginia baylor hockey basketball and more we'll see you tomorrow mr president barack obama welcome to the david glenn show how are you david it's great to be on it's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in north carolina i always say uh, i love the state of north carolina love the people in north carolina even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me the david glenn show